Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. This is the account of Jesus appearing to a couple people on the road to Emmaus after he's risen from the dead. Before we jump into this text, I want to thank the Family Leader for being our 2022 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about them in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And thanks to the Family Leader for their continued support. So far in chapter 24, we've seen the women go to the tomb, see a couple angels who told them that Jesus had risen was not there. They went and told the disciples. Peter ran to check it out himself, found the tomb empty, and now this starting in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now let me just stop right here and say that what we're going to do with this text, it's a longer text, one of the longest continuous accounts that is recorded in the book of Luke. I'm just going to kind of stop as I go and point out some insights or some things that we can learn about this scene, about Jesus, about God, about how they interact with us. And one of the first things that jumped out at me was this verse 16 where it says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, isn't that interesting that in the providence of God, he would have Jesus join these two people who were very familiar with the events of Jesus' death. They've heard about his resurrection. They're talking about this as they walk seven miles back to Emmaus from Jerusalem maybe because they were in town for the Passover. And for whatever reason, God decides to keep their eyes from recognizing Jesus. I don't know about you, but my initial inclination would be, let them know that it's Jesus as soon as possible. Let's get this good news pumped out as quick and as efficiently as possible. Why are we going to prevent them from recognizing Jesus? And the answer is, we don't know why. But at least a couple things can be drawn from that. One, God has a purpose for what he does, even if it doesn't make sense to us, even if it's different than what we would do. And then the other one, which is maybe obvious, but should be stated that God has the power to blind us from things. Could be standing right next to Jesus and not even recognize him. Not because he's not recognizable, but because God has blinded these people from recognizing him. Again, we don't know exactly why, but as you think about the world and how God interacts with the world, you have to have room in your understanding of who God is and how he operates with people that would allow for such activity to take place. It's supernatural. It doesn't follow logic or reason or science, just is what it is and God does what he does and that's how it goes. Verse 17 And Jesus said to him, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And Jesus said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and the rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So here's a couple other things to consider in response to this interaction that's taking place between Jesus and these people 
who don't know who he is. By the way, Cleopas is not one of the 12 disciples, and some have suggested that the person who's with Cleopas, who is not named, might be his wife Mary, which is based on a passage in John. But these people were evidently hanging around with the 12 disciples and Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus and others who were close to Jesus. But what's interesting from all this that stands out to me is Jesus asking questions. Jesus does this a lot in the Gospels, ask questions, but I'm reminded again that Jesus never asks questions because he needs to know information that he doesn't have. He already knows the information. He can read people's hearts. He knows what's in people's minds. And so when he asks them, what's this conversation about? Or when he asks them, what things? He's not asking because he really needs to know. He already knows. He's asking for some other reason. And we don't know exactly what that reason is. Probably to cause a response to be given that will set him up with an opportunity to say certain things or teach certain things. Maybe even because he knows these things are going to be recorded and written down and preserved for millennia so that we can read them today. All that to say that when you see Jesus ask questions in scripture, pay attention. Something deeper is going on than him just looking for answers and information. So after all this, in verse 25, Jesus says, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer many things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I think this is remarkable on a couple levels. One, a lot of people might think it's a little bit harsh or a little bit insensitive for Jesus to just refer to these people as foolish and slow of heart to believe. After all, it sounds like they're pretty good people. It sounds like they pretty much understand the truth. They're a little bit despondent because things haven't played out the way they expected. And some might expect that a person would be more sensitive to them, especially someone like Jesus would be more sensitive to them in this circumstance. But he says, no, you're foolish. You're slow of heart to believe. And this should remind us a little bit that Jesus doesn't always play with kid gloves. He's not always most concerned with making people feel good or building their self-esteem. He's most concerned with truth. And of course, he's doing this in love. But truth and love can look a lot of different ways. And evidently, it doesn't preclude somebody from calling somebody else foolish or slow of heart to believe. Verse 28. So they drew near to the village which they were going. He acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening. The day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So this is interesting. There's at least a couple other spots in scripture where Jesus blessed and broke bread. One, when he fed the 5,000 and two at the Lord's Supper. We don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if there's something about the way that he did that. The words that he used, the mannerisms, the physical actions that he used that gave it away to them that this is Jesus. Or maybe not. Maybe just at that time their eyes were opened. Just like their eyes had been kept from recognizing him at that moment, they were given the ability to recognize him supernaturally and that's how it played out. As soon as that happened, the very next sentence, check this out, and he vanished from their sight. Like poof, he's gone. Vanished. And this reminds us, there's something going on besides what is scientifically known and observed about our everyday existence. People don't just vanish. Didn't say that he got up and walked out the door and went to where he was going. It just says he vanished. Verse 32, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon, that is Peter. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. One thing I love about these two people on the road to Emmaus is they were telling Jesus, you should stay with us. It's getting late. You don't want to go on any further. But as soon as they recognized who he was, as soon as they realized that this was the 
risen Christ, all of a sudden the long day and the late hour didn't matter. They hiked it back seven miles to Jerusalem to tell the 11 and those who were gathered with him, hey, we've seen Jesus alive too. It's a fascinating post-resurrection account that leaves me not just thankful again for the resurrection, but thankful for an author like Luke who wants to write down specific details so that Theophilus would have confidence in the things he's been told. I'm thankful that these accounts are preserved and that we can have our faith bolstered by them as well. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.